The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 142 of the podcast, or you're joining us live here on YouTube. Today is Sunday, May the 26th. It is Memorial Day weekend. Now, of course, I know a lot of you are excited for the festivities involved with Memorial Day. A lot of you probably have the day off tomorrow. You're going to be at the beach. You're going to be partying. You're going to be cracking some beers. But let's not forget what this weekend is all about. Uh, it's to revere the people who have made the ultimate sacrifice for us to be able to do the things that we love and given their lives defending this great country, the United States of America. And it's never a bad time while we're on the topic to thank all the active military and all the veterans out there, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, and the Reserves, everybody who's doing their part to protect the freedoms that we do so enjoy. So happy Memorial Day to all of you out there. And to those who have given their lives, you will be in our thoughts all weekend and every day thereafter, of course. But this is just the time where we take to uh, have some reverence. So with that, let's uh, get to enjoying the freedoms that we do so enjoy, like talking about mixed martial arts and alcohol before we get into that let me introduce my co-host all the way from what is very humid new jersey jeff the animal wilson jeff how you feeling on this fine sunday afternoon my friend and what are you what are you getting into this memorial day weekend bill before anything a big thank you to the active military and our veterans you know they're the reason that we're not speaking german or southern but seriously huge thank you to everybody uh who has served in the military who is serving in any branch of the military and bill i feel good um so for memorial day i want to have a little bit of a cookout with the family or i might be looking at cars depends on what my dad wants to do tomorrow i personally would rather look at cars bill it's that time I'm making a little bit more money nowadays. I'd, I'd like to um, buy my first car. Never nice. bought my own car before with my own money. So um, the opportunity presents itself. So I'm car shopping. It's the American dream, kid. You're living it because of all these people that have made the sacrifices. You're able to do this, purchase your own car. If you guys have recommendations for Jeff on his first car please do reach out to him on social media at animal underscore wilson on twitter and on instagram if you haven't heard if you have missed the last couple of episodes and by the way jeff just a side note about that civil war i do live in the south i think some people think it's still going on for the record <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know luckily the good guys did win but i i don't i don't think <laughs> I don't think everyone's gotten the message just yet. We'll get there. Oh, <laughs> we're, making, we're making progress. Um, all right. So uh, Memorial Day weekend, I have some Yingling and some Sierra Nevada on ice downstairs waiting 
calling my name, beckoning to me. Uh, of course, Yingling America's oldest brewery, so you got to have some of that uh, on one of these great American holidays. And Sierra Nevada, just great brewery. I plan to uh, go and visit it next week. And thank you guys for giving me your recommendations. I said on the show last week, I don't know if everybody tuned in or not, but I'll be taking a road trip up to Asheville, North Carolina. So I'll be checking out Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Wicked Weed, uh, some of my favorite breweries, but I'm looking for recommendations for other places to check out. Of course, if there are any distilleries along the way or breweries that I need to check out, uh, please let me know. I like stuff that's off the beaten path. So uh, thank you to everybody who's been sending me the great recommendations. There, there's been a couple of places that have been coming up consistently, but uh, do send me more recommendations. And while we're talking about alcohol, Jeff, I got called out this weekend and not to a fist fight, not to a, a jujitsu or a grappling match. I got called out on my knowledge of Scotch whiskey. Hmm. And I was, I was taken back by this Jeff, because it was by somebody that I know pretty well that I talk to pretty often that I respect very much happens to be uh, a fellow mixed martial arts podcaster, but he hasn't been listening that long, Jeff. I guess he, uh, he, he was a little late to the show. He, he jumped on the train while it was already moving. So he doesn't know about my extensive knowledge of Scotch whiskey. <laughs> I can't blame him for this. You know, lately we've been talking about cheap beer and a lot of bourbon and, you know, some lower end PD scotches. So I can't fully blame him, but you know, I got to reassert myself, Jeff. I I've been, my knowledge has been tested. It's been challenged. And uh, I got to step up to the plate now. Uh, I'm not one to back down to a challenge when I feel challenged. So uh, either June or July is going to be Scotch Whiskey Month. And we're going we're gonna to talk about one of my favorite scotches each week uh, during that month. So, you know, summertime's a good time for scotch, especially night, nighttime. You know, sit outside with a nice cold glass of ice water and eat scotch on a cigar. There's, there's not much better than that. Um, so we're going to talk about some good scotches, Jeff, you know, how extensive my knowledge of scotch is, but, um, apparently I need to prove it to, uh, to some of the other listeners. And I know you're listening out there, so it's on <laughs> scotch month, June or July. I haven't decided yet. All right. Let's talk about some fights here, Jeff. Um, I don't know how, well, I'm going to be able to record over the next week and a half or so while I'm away. Uh, so this may be the last episode for a couple of weeks. So we're going to talk about UFC Fight Night 153 from Stockholm, Sweden. Jeff's not too thrilled about this card. And we're also going to get into a little bit of UFC 238. Um, so let's start with the one that's coming up next Saturday afternoon, as we just looked up. That's UFC Fight Night 153. Alexander Gustafsson versus Anthony Smith from Stockholm, Sweden. Jeff, how are you feeling about this card, my man? Bill, aside from one of my favorite UFC fighters headlining and <clears throat> excuse me, and Alexander Gustafsson, this this card isn't moving the needle for me, man. Um, the main event looks okay. Jimmy Manu was on here, but I, other than that, I don't see anything that's uh wetting my palate here, Bill. Yeah. Um, and, and I got bad news for you too, Jeff. O old Gus doesn't seem to do too well in and around, uh, his home country of Sweden. Um, 
it just, you know, it, it's a lot of pressure, I think, fighting at home. And for a lot of sports, you you have a home field advantage. You know, if you're the Yankees playing in Yankee Stadium, you're going to get a little bit of extra boost. You know, if you're the uh, Seattle Seahawks playing wherever the Seattle Seahawks play, uh, you know, you get that extra boost from the fans. But with fighting, it's a little bit different because, you know, you're fighting in your hometown. People are hitting you up for tickets. Uh, they're texting you and calling you. You're going to get a lot more interview opportunities. Of course, the Swedish uh, uh, media is going to be after Gustafsson for interviews leading up to the fight. So you can't be that focused. And if there's one thing I know about mixed martial arts is that distractions are never a good thing. You know, some people like to stay busy leading up to the fight, but you don't want to be overwhelmed. Um, as far as this matchup goes, uh, on paper, I think Gustafson is better everywhere. I think he's a, he's got cleaner striking. He's got much better wrestling and grappling. Um, but the one thing he doesn't have over Anthony Smith is punching power. Anthony Smith can put your lights out with one shot. We've seen him do it middleweight and we've seen him do it even more. Now that he's moved up to light heavyweight. I don't think Gustafson has that kind of one punch power. Uh, he kind of wears on you and he's more of a grinder. Uh, but you know, if he does get clipped a couple of times, he can definitely put Anthony Smith down. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, we've seen him take down John Jones. So, um, we, we know his grappling is very solid. I, I would expect he's going to stand up with Anthony Smith, though. But, um, you know, if I were a betting man, Jeff, which I'm not, uh, I would be leaning towards Anthony Smith on this one because of his devastating power and because of Gustafsson's track record uh, fighting in and around Sweden. Um, you, you know, he had some bad luck in, in Germany, I, I believe, as well. Uh, as, as fighting in Sweden in the past. Um, but I, I think it should be a good fight. Uh, any other thoughts on this main event? Yeah, dude, I think that if Gustafsson can, you know, calm his nerves a little bit, not get too excited to fight in front of his hometown crowd, I think he can do well. But you're right, man. Um, I remember the first time he fought in Sweden, his opponent was Anthony Rumble Johnson, and Gustafsson, you know, he got caught with a vicious overhand right in the first round. Mm -hmm. And um, he was very, very upset. But I feel like this is kind of a uh, a chance to redeem himself from that loss in front of the Swedes. So hopefully he does well. Um, you know, I think it's definitely going to be an exciting fight. Anthony Smith, he's all heart. He's going to go in there and, you know, he's not going to let Gustafsson have his way with him. Um, I think Anthony Smith can mix it up really well. So I, I don't really have a dog in this fight. You know, my heart wants Gustafsson to win. But mm -hmm. my head says it's gonna be it's not gonna be as straightforward as just Gustafson um you know using his technical striking to win this one. Yeah, for sure. I, I think um it's gonna be a fun one. I think you know Gustafson needs to reassert himself. Um, you know, like me with my knowledge of Scotch, uh Gustafson's gotta reassert himself in this light heavyweight division by taking out a guy who basically came in um beat up a couple of people who were on their way out and then cut the line for a title shot. Mm. Um, so, you know, Gustafson can't allow that as, as one of the top dogs in this division. But um, speaking of the top dogs in this division, we got a couple of other light heavyweights uh, fighting at the top of this bill. We got Vulcan Ozdemir and Alir Latifi and then Jimmy Manoa and Alexander Rakich. Uh, so, 
uh, thoughts on on these two light heavyweight clashes here, Jeff? Uh, I'm sorry. Give me uh, those again. Sorry, I zoned out for a sec. I was looking at uh, the, <laughs> the co-main event. <laughs> Stay with me, Jeff. Sorry, sorry. Focus. Vulcan <laughs> <laughs> Olazemir and Alir Latifi. And then we got Jimmy Manua and Alexander Rakic. Um, I don't know too much about Alexander Rakic. Um, even I'm looking at the card on uh, Google here and like his name's not on there. There's no picture of him. It looks like he's 11 and one. So only one loss in this light heavyweight division, which I think is really actually really, really tough to uh, acquire because there's so many killers at the top. Jimmy mm -hmm. Manuel being one of them. And Jimmy Manuel brings a lot of power into the light heavyweight division, a very exciting fighter to watch. Um, if, uh, if you, if for those of you who haven't seen one of his last fights against, um, What's his name? Um, the guy with the hammer on his chest. Um, Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos. Very, very exciting fight. So G-Manuel always puts on a show for the crowd. I think this one is going to be fast-paced. Um, hopefully his opponent can keep up with that. And as for Vulcan Ozdemir versus Alir Latifi, I'll be honest with you, Bill. I think that's going to be a chess match. I think mm -hmm. that both of these guys are very good at doing different things. Latifi, mm -hmm. obviously, really, really standout wrestler. But Volkanos Demir, the better striker, I assume, has is going to have not only a height advantage, but a really long reach advantage, too. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see how Latifi goes about getting inside, getting into Ozdemir's range. Um, maybe he's going to try and push him up against the cage to set up his wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. But Ozdemir, like I said, long guy, and as a talented striker he's very very good at using that reach so i'm really curious to see how that's going to go and who can implement their game plan early on yeah um great assessment jeff I i'm going to throw one wild card at you though and that is volgan ozdemir is really good in the clinch especially when he's being mm. backed up he's got knockout power in there so latifi they want to use his wrestling skills to shoot for some open space takedowns against Ozdemir. You know, we've seen him susceptible to those in the past. Um, I mean, granted, it was high-level wrestlers like Daniel Cormier uh, who were doing it, but, um, you know, even Anthony Smith was able to take him down in open space. Um, so I think that may be the game plan for Latifi, but, you know, Latifi's also one of these guys who, th who thinks he can stand and bang with anybody. So if he chooses to do that... Um, you know, maybe a quick night for him. But uh, outside of that happening, uh, I agree. This one could be a chess match. We've got a powerful striker against a powerful wrestler. Uh, Manoa and Rakic, I think, will be very interesting. Rakic, big knockout artist. Got eight knockouts out of his 11 wins, I believe, uh, including, uh, you know, he got his first knockout in the UFC in his last fight. And Manoa gets hit a lot. He's a great boxer, but... Um, you know, like you said, in his fight with Santos, he took a lot of damage and, and, you know, he dropped Santos and Santos dropped him and then, uh, Santos dropped him again and he didn't get up. So, you know, we'll see if Jimmy Manoa can be patient in here with the, with the young rakich. Um, I, I think it'll go his way, but if he gets into a slugfest, uh, this 27 year old is probably going to put his lights out. Uh, another fun fight, Maquan Americani and Chris Fishgold, two featherweights going at it. This one should be actually a really exciting fight. Americani's last fight was a split decision win over uh, Jason Knight, uh, and that was a really fun back-and-forth fight. These are two guys with no quit in them. Uh, these are two guys that you need to finish 
uh, if you're going to beat them or you need to completely dominate them for 15 minutes. Um, so keep that one in mind as your uh, sleeper fight on this card. And then I'm going to jump around a little bit. Stevie Ray and Leonardo Santos should be a fun one as well. Um, Nick Hine and Frank Camacho, those are two tough sons of bitches. So um, make sure you tune in for that one if you're watching this card in the middle of the afternoon on Saturday. Wait, is it Saturday or Sunday? Uh, it looks like Saturday. All right. On uh, Saturday. Tanya Evinger and Lena Landsberg. That's a fun fight, too. And uh, that's all I got. Anything else jumping out for you, Jeff? Um, just that Stevie Ray, Leonardo Santos fight. Stevie Ray has proven he's a really tough, durable guy. Uh, mm. He's got finishing potential. So I'm really excited to see him get back in there. He's been a little quiet, but I remember um, seeing one of his first UFC fights and thinking that he could make a splash in this lightweight division. Oh, show. <laughs> all right that's all we got for the swedes uh now let's uh i don't know if we're gonna be able to do an episode next week and i i don't even know if i'm gonna watch the fight night card live because um uh, i'm gonna be on vacation i'm probably gonna be at a brewery somewhere in north carolina um or on my way to north carolina actually i think i'll be spending a few nights in georgia on the way up it's a long drive jeff all right so we got ufc 238 uh, on June 8th, and that is headlined by the uh, flyweight champ, Henry Cejudo, moving up uh, to bantamweight to fight number one contender Marlon Moraes for the uh, vacated bantamweight title, which was vacated when TJ Dillashaw, of course, tested positive for EPO a couple of months ago. And um, I don't know, Jeff, this was a fight that had like a lot of fire behind it for like five seconds and then it kind of fizzled out for me. I mean, these guys had had some very awkward smack talk with each other. Uh, Henry Cejudo, of course is really good at making people cringe. Um, and Marlon Marais is just, you know, the shit talking is just not natural for him. He's, he's a, he's a doer, not a, not a peacocker. So, um, but man, I, this is a great fight, though. We're going to see what Henry Cejudo looks like uh, moving up to bantamweight, which is what he wanted to do for a long time now. A lot of people were upset that he's getting this opportunity over some other people, but, um, you know, the guy's the champ at flyweight. He beat the bantamweight champion um, at flyweight. So, um, and, and he's been wanting to move up for a while. With Demetrius Johnson gone, there's not really a lot for him in this division or for anybody else. So, um, I, I think it's okay in this instance to, to bump him up here to bantamweight and challenge, uh, for the title and Marlon Marais, of course, uh, very deserving of this title shot, uh, because he's been, he's been knocking people dead lately. Give me your thoughts on this main event, Jeff. Yeah, dude, I'm actually really, really excited for this one. Um, Cejudo, you know, we've seen him dominate at flyweight, I want to see what he can do with 10 extra pounds on him, 10 extra pounds behind his uh, his strikes, which is how he finished um, T.J. Dillashaw. Um, you know, T.J. Dillashaw, who went in there with what some would say is an unfair advantage, mm -hmm. you know, uh, popping for EPOs and everything. Um, and so Hudo managed to beat him. So I think that speaks uh, volumes. And Marlon Moraes, like you said, man, he has been knocking people out left and right in this band and weight division. Mm -hmm. um, and, Bill, I know you're going to get mad at me for this, 
But I, I want to see the winner fight Dominic Cruz, Bill. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> who? He's the greatest bandweight of all time. Is that the guy who used to fight and does commentary now? That guy? Listen, he's listen. I follow him on Snapchat. He's getting he's getting ready, man. He's gonna be back. But um, you know, I can't talk about the bandweight division without throwing his name in there. But this is a really exciting fight. And um, Morais, I've always felt like he's a little bit on the smaller side of man and weight. Mm-hmm. So uh, to be fighting a an upcoming flyweight, I feel like there's a nice little balance there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, man, I'm excited. Morais, like you said, he's not really a talker. He does his talking in that cage. And he has knocked out some top contenders. Um, Jimmy Rivera, you know, I kind of had him as probably one of the next title contenders and Moraes came in and just shut his lights out in the first mm-hmm. round. So um, I think Cejudo, uh, he can't go into this one too cocky. He needs to really, really focus because Moraes is a very, very dangerous bantamweight. Yeah, for sure. Well, I can talk about the bantamweights without talking about Dominic Cruz because we have four other bantamweights who actually stay active on this card. Uh, <laughs> two of which, if they're smart, will be weighing in at 135 pounds on the nose in case anything were to go awry with the main event. And I'm talking, of course, about Aljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz. Uh, this is a fucking phenomenal fight. Two guys that are just great everywhere. You know, awesome strikers, very creative jujitsu. Uh, Aljamain Sterling definitely has the advantage in the wrestling department, but, uh, you know, do you want to go to the ground with Pedro Munoz is a, is a, is a good question. And, and that kind of depends how the standup is going. This is a really, really good fight. And the winner of this is, is probably definitely going to face the winner of Cejudo and Marais, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, if they don't have to step up last minute, they'll be wise to call out the winner of that fight at the end of their fight. But, I'm really excited for this fight, and I know I'm jumping around and I'm skipping some other really amazing fights on this card, but I want to start here. And then while we're talking about Bantamweights, we got Jimmy Rivera, who you just mentioned, fighting Peter Yan, uh, you know, who's a big up-and-comer in this division and who could definitely be a hammer. And Jimmy Rivera, like you said, got knocked down a peg by Marais, and he got knocked down another peg by Aljamain Sterling, who I was just talking about. Um, so a lot of bantamweight action going on, which means we're not going to see a bantamweight fight for like six years after this card. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in any case, Jeff, give me your thoughts on, uh, those two fights. Dude, I'm really excited for both of them. Like you said, Jimmy Rivera, top contender and Peter Yan has been tearing up this division, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he seems to have a giant gas tank. It, it's like, he doesn't get tired in there. Uh, it's really, really scary. Um, I would really like to see him, um, if he beats Jimmy Rivera, just get a couple more uh, shots at some of the guys in the top uh, five uh, before he gets a title shot. But mm-hmm. um, I think Jimmy Rivera is going to be a true test for him. Like I said, his cardio, he's no slouch in that department. So he's definitely going to bring it to Jimmy Rivera. And as for Aljo, another one, another bandweight who's been – Really, really making a statement in this bandweight division, tearing up the division as of late. Um, Pedro Munoz, a really exciting fighter to watch as well. I'm really excited for for that one, and I'm a little disappointed that uh, Aljo and Pedro Munoz are on the prelims, Bill. Um, mm. 
I, I think they should be slated a little bit higher on this card. And I really hope that all four of these guys are at 135 in case something uh, goes a little hairy in that main event. But, Bill, looking up and down at this card, I'm really, really excited for UFC 236. Uh, mm -hmm. 238, I'm sorry. I feel like the last couple of UFCs have been a little... Um, Lackluster. Yeah, they're they're gonna make me. Uh, they're not gonna make me wake up for that alarm. <laughs> uh, probably hit the snooze button. But mm. this one, top to bottom, looks really good. You got Ricardo Lamas opening up the the prelims against Calvin Cater, Carolina Kovalkovich against Alexa Grasso, Ta the undefeated Tatiana Suarez versus Nina Ansaroff, who's uh, strung together a couple of wins in here. And Bill, we haven't even talked about the co-main event yet. The new women's flyweight champion, Valentina Shevchenko, is taking on Jessica I, who I think, Bill, her jump down from 135 to 125, great move for her. I am super excited for this fight. Both of these fighters are really well-rounded. Jessica I, all heart. I think that this one's going to be anybody's fight. Yeah, for sure. And you forgot the real main event here, Jeff. That's Tony Ferguson and Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I'm surprised you jumped over that one. Um, yeah, I'm surprised too, dude. Oh my god! First uh, return, I'm ready. The only thing that's not exciting about this fight is that it's not a main event, so it'll be three rounds. Um, and you have two guys who are both notoriously slow starters, uh, but both guys tend to get stronger as the fight goes on, uh, as we've seen uh, many examples of from both of these guys in the past, but, uh, let's, let's rewind back to this co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica. I, I think this is a great matchup. I think Jessica, I presents a lot of problems for Shevchenko because she's such a grinder. The only problem with Jessica, I is that when she gets into these, uh, you know, top slots, these co-main events, um, that's when she tends to have trouble with the pressure. Uh, so a title shot against, uh, you know, someone who's been murdering girls lately. Uh, that's where I would worry for Jessica. I, but as long as she can stay composed and, and grind this one out and she's able to last five rounds, she can definitely be big problems for Valentina Shevchenko. Um, but let, let's get back to Ferguson and Cerrone. Give me your thoughts on this one, Jeff. Dude, I don't know what to say about this man. Tony Ferguson, he has such an eclectic style, you know, he can, he'll throw out these weird strikes and, you know, all kinds of weird angles mm -hmm. and they work for him. And in the grappling department, uh, college wrestler, he's got those long lanky limbs to slap up submissions. Um, we've seen him get, um, darse chokes from, uh, positions where probably people with different builds wouldn't be able to get them. But for Ferguson, mm -hmm. he can get them rather easily. Donald Cerrone, no slouch either. Well-rounded, under really underrated jujitsu, especially from the bottom. Cerrone can absolutely grapple, and his Muay Thai is up there. It's probably out of all the UFC, I'd put Cerrone's Muay Thai in the top three. Mm. Um, you know, he can work from the clinch. Um, he's a master at this art of eight limbs. And I don't, I don't know who's going to win this one, Bill, but I think it's going to be a grind. Um, I think both of these guys are too tough to be finished. Um, I, I hate to be the judge in one of these men. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, 
I, I wouldn't know how to call this one, Bill. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think it's an awesome matchup. Um, but, you know, you have a lot of variables here. You have Tony Ferguson, of course. Um, you know, who knows if he's recovered from the, the mental health issues he was going through not too long ago or how that's affected him or how it's affected his training or how it's affected his relationship with his coaches and his training partners. Um, there's a lot of X factors there. And then we have Cowboy Cerrone, who's coming off a war with ally Quinta just a couple of weeks ago i think he's only gonna be four or five weeks removed from that fight uh when he gets in there with tony ferguson and history has shown us that that typically doesn't go well for cowboy um you know he's always one to step up last minute and try and save a card this card doesn't really need saving yeah um i don't know why you would have this not have this fight a couple of weeks later and have it a main event of a fight night or something or even a co-main event of a pay-per-view you know this one's uh third down the line and these are two guys that that um that bring out the crowds so I, I don't really understand this move you know why you're making cowboy turn around so quickly i'm sure there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that, that i'm not aware of um but yeah with all those variables uh and and these are two guys who are very unpredictable in there as it is uh, who knows what the fuck is going to happen in this fight, which makes it even more exciting. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on there, Jeff. There's a lot to digest uh, before you get to the punches and the kicks and the takedowns and the submissions. Um, but I, I think you did a great job breaking all that down. And then on this card as well, we got Tai Tuivasa and Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, this is a great heavyweight fight. Um, you know, Ivanov coming off his last fight, um, which I didn't think he won, um, but it was a close decision over uh, Ben Rothwell, I believe. Um, you, you know, tough dude, hard to put away. Ty Tuivasa, tough dude, hard to put away. Um, so could go the distance or, you know, it, it could be a quick knockout because both of these guys have the power to do so. So that's a fun fight too. Um, I got to say, up and down here, Ricardo Lamas and Calvin Gator is one of the most exciting fights on this card as well. I know you mentioned that one. Uh, just top to bottom, uh, we got Joanne Calderwood and Caitlin Chukagian. That's a fucking scrap and a half. Uh, and that one's like almost opening the card. Uh, so really phenomenal up and down. Uh, I would pay for this one if the ESPN Plus app worked. Uh, <laughs> but I can't trust that it will. So... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'll be purchasing this one. Maybe I'll change my mind. Um, you know, there's you, you want to support these fighters and get them their pay-per-view points and stuff, but um, you know, you also want a platform that works. Uh, any other thoughts on this uh, fight night or fight night 153 or UFC 238, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, the fight night, <clears throat> not really moving the needle for me, but UFC 230, it looks like it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's right at the beginning of June. I think it's a great way for the UFC to kick off uh, this summer here. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got Eddie Wineland in here. Haven't seen him fight in a couple of years, so mm. excited to watch him. He's always been one of my favorite bantamweights as well as um, featherweights. So, Bill, I don't think you can go wrong. Um unless you pay for it and the ESPN plus app fucks up. But um, <laughs> honestly, Bill, I mean, let's be candidly for a sec. I would really pay for this card, but just ESPN plus is such 
a coin toss at this point that I, I don't even want to risk my 60 bucks. I'd rather find a different means, you know, quote unquote, to watch it. And at least if that screws up, I know, I already go in half expecting that. But when you're taking my money, I expect a good service. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's cat shit melting under a dumpster fire. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um yeah. So, uh, one last thing we got Angela Hill with a quick turnaround as well cuz she just fought in Fort Lauderdale. Um less than two months ago against uh, Zionan Yan. Uh, so we got two Yans on this card. Two Yans for the price of one, which is free because I won't be paying for this because of ESPN+. Plus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's it, man. Uh, I, I just want to say one more time, a big thank you to the active military and the veterans out there. I know there are a lot of them who listen to this show. We do appreciate everything you guys have done and everything you continue to do for us. And, you know, this weekend we'll be remembering those who gave that ultimate sacrifice. And the reason that we have Memorial day uh, is to remember the people who gave their lives, those brave men and women uh, defending this great country. So uh, thank you to the families of those people who made that, that great sacrifice. And thank you to those who continue to make sacrifices every day so that we can continue to do the things we love in a place that we love to live these great United States of America. All right. That's it, man. Uh, all that being said, it's time to uh, raise a beer to these uh, great men and women who serve our country. And I hope everybody has a fun and safe Memorial Day weekend. And anything else you want to get off your chest, Jeff? Uh, yeah, just everybody, you know, thank you to the military, both active and uh, the vets. And, you know, just be safe, everybody. Notice people driving a little bit crazy. Listen, you'll get there. Um, but, Bill, as you always say, even if you fight recklessly, everybody, please remember to drink responsibly this weekend. That's right. That's right. Reminder at the beginning of every single episode, drink responsibly. Call an Uber out there. There's a lot of great Uber drivers that are sacrificing their Memorial Day weekend to drive you home safely. So, uh, you know, call them. Give them a good tip, too, because it's a holiday and it's it's hot outside and they got to sit in their car all day. All right. That's it. If you guys want to get a hold of Jeff, it's at animal underscore Wilson, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you give him a follow on Instagram. Now that he finally created one after years of me pestering him. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the rocks and all your favorite social media platforms. Wherever you happen to be listening, please do leave us a review. Uh, it helps get our name out there a little bit more. It helps other people find the show. Uh, so we do greatly appreciate that. Thank you to everybody who has been uh, following through and doing that. And that's it. I don't know when we'll be back, but until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.